couple of things. A professor at a major university who's in big trouble for teaching history and trying to do any critical thinking. This happens a lot on university campuses, so we'll get to that. And then a gentleman named Ward Connerly, who we've had on this show, geez, going back 20 years. He's a uh, older black gentleman who hates affirmative action, and he'll explain why. And it's talking about a particular prop that's being voted on in California, but it's an interesting story in general. Yeah, well, he was uh, the leader in getting the original change to the California Constitution that said you can't discriminate based on color and creed and the rest of it. We are a non-discriminating state. Well, there are forces trying to get discrimination back into the law. They call it affirmative action or whatever, but it's just it's quotas and, and cronyism and the rest of it. So we'll talk to Ward coming up. Looking forward to it. He's a fine man indeed. So we have been talking about the Great Barrington Declaration. This is the thousands of doctors, scientists. I mean, the top of the top of, of Stanford and Oxford and Harvard and all the big medical centers. That's a cool name, the Great Barrington Declaration. It seems like something that would have happened in 1625 and meant that the King of England gets to... Sounds like it. something I did a book report on in the fifth right. grade. Yeah, exactly. Right. The king can't uh, squeeze your wife's butt when he rides through town. It's a <laughs> common law. It's the English common law. Anyway, um, among the things they, they said in their, their declaration, again, these are eminent, eminent scientists. You're going to want to keep that in mind as I read some of the replies. But among the things they said is, is infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies. We're going to follow the science. We're looking at the data. Unless it disagrees with shutdowns, then we're going to ignore the science and the data. The most comprehensive and compassionate approach that balances the risks and benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection, while better protecting those who are at higher risk. And then the San Jose Mercury News, who at least is covering the story, uh, they leave out... Uh, there it is. I've kept the uh, the declaration up. They leave out... Um, the declaration makes it very uh, clear in its second paragraph. Current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. The results, to name a few, include lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and deteriorating mental health, leading to a greater excess mortality in years to come with the working class and younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden. Keeping students out of school is a grave injustice. Hmm. It's carefully reasoned. Been saying that for a while in this show. Yes. It is 360 degrees in its scope in looking at the totality of health outcomes. So who are these nincompoops who agree with us? Pardon? Who are these nincompoops? They're the most eminent scientists on Earth. But when gone to by the Mercury News for comment, one Jeff Smith, Santa Clara County Executive, he's a doctor, allegedly, he says, whose grandmother and grandfather and family members are you willing to sacrifice for this stupid idea? This stupid idea? So the guys who put that it together... Cancer deaths, cardiovascular deaths, children's emotional, educational health. That That's stupid, Jeff? The guys who put this together, the three guys were from Oxford, 
Stanford and Harvard, I think. I believe so. And again, their argument is that people are going to die from other stuff. So your argument doesn't really work there. Who's well? Okay, you know, turn it back on him pretty easily. Please do. Who's who's high school kid? Are you uh, willing to help bury because they committed suicide? Uh, because they couldn't go to school. Yeah, Jeff Smith. What fifty thousand children? Little children suffering from severe anxiety and depression. Are you willing to sacrifice Santa Clara County Executive Jeff Smith? Whose stroke, which will go untreated, are you willing to sanction Jeff Smith? Because this is a stupid idea. How many heart attack deaths at home because people are terrified of getting treatment? Are you in favor of Jeff Smith with this stupid idea? I really wish that we, these eminent, eminent scientists have come up with. It's really too bad that we don't have the kind of society where this um, this paper would be discussed, like at a rational, smart level, right? Back and forth on cable news or among politicians, but that's just not where we are right now, right? Laura Lazzaroni, a Stanford professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences, specializing in biomedical data science who also signed the declaration, said a number of scientists and non-scientists alike tried to raise questions about both the effectiveness and the potential harms of the lockdowns as long ago as March. But honest and investigative scientific discussion has been difficult to achieve this year. That's what I've just been saying. Well, for instance, you have this piece of crap, Jeff Smith. Boy, Joe does not like Jeff Smith. Calling it a stupid (laughs) idea. Well, for once in people's lives, I would like to hear government officials called to account for their policies and their statements. Why has honest and investigative scientific discussion been difficult to achieve this year? Well, Rajiv Bhatia, practicing physician, affiliated assistant professor of medicine at Stanford, former deputy health officer for San Francisco, signed the declaration blames politics. If you raise a critical perspective, people associate you with Trump. It's hard for me to even speak to my colleagues about this. These are the people at the highest levels of science and medicine telling you, you can't even have an intelligent discussion. That is so frustrating. So if you raise your hand and say, I think at this point we're doing more harm than good by shutting down. Oh, Trump supporter. You must be a Trump supporter. I am absolutely against it. Um, I'm That's... a Ph.D. in infectious disease. I don't give a crap about the politics. Surely, what are you talking about? Surely we can be smarter than this. Can't we? Can't we be smarter than this? That we have a discussion completely outside the orbit of whether or not you like Trump? Is that not possible? Is his gravitational pull so great that there's no issue you can discuss that people don't attach Trump to it one side or the other? Back to Jeff Smith of Santa Clara County, California. There are a lot of communities around the world that have tried to take the approach of let it spread and we'll do minimal separation, social distancing, and have seen bad outcomes. You're seeing bad outcomes, Jeff! You're seeing terrible outcomes. The children, the education, cardiovascular disease, cancer. There are strikes going on in nursing homes around the country of the old folks coming outside saying, holding signs, I'd rather die of COVID than loneliness. Jeff, you have horrific outcomes now. None of these... uh... Do any of these people that are for the lockdowns have kids in school? I don't know how you could possibly stay with it. it some you... of them have kids in very expensive private schools that are open. Because I don't see how you could witness your kid not learning and see how sad they are 
with the not going to school and still be in favor of a lot of the things that people are in favor of. You know, I, I will bet you uh, a, a good deal that uh, Jeff Smith of Santa Clara County either doesn't have kids or they're in private schools. Um, you know what's especially uh, angering to me? If they come to a different conclusion, a different opinion than me, that's the way it goes. I'm used to that. I mean, look at what we do for a living. It's okay. I can take it. They don't even, in a serious way, engage the arguments. He won't speak to the children and, and, and the cancer and the cardiovascular and the depression, the oldsters. Old people are dying by the thousands of what is called failure to thrive because they are so depressed. They are just dying. But Jeff hasn't staked his professional reputation on them, so he doesn't really care about them so much. Or if he does, he's not making it clear enough that he does. And nobody's saying, all right, I do see this rise in heart attack deaths. I mean, we told you about the study in Denver where the number of people found dead of heart attacks at home more than doubled during the COVID thing. And the reason was people weren't getting care for heart attacks because they were terrified to go to the hospital. And the number of excess heart attack deaths exceeded the number of COVID deaths. And that's just heart attack. Never mind all the other stuff we're talking about. These people won't even honestly address those specific arguments because it's not about your health. It's not about your safety. It's about their professional reputation. They bet on one set of policies, and if they were to change policies right now, they would have to admit they're wrong, and they're not willing to do that. And they don't give a good GD what it costs you to protect their professional pride. Jeff, if you'd like to answer, we would be delighted to take your answer on. Or anybody else who's got a, an argument for why we should ignore all these uh, scientists, doctors from around the world that have signed on to this letter. Thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, this guy says, whose grandmother and grandfather and family members are you willing to sacrifice for this stupid idea? Stupid idea? Mm. How dare you? What kind of human being are you? How, how much hubris can fit in one homo sapien? It's astonishing. Shame on you. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. Don't dip your ballots in alcohol to cleanse them of the coronavirus. Apparently that is actually happening. Oh, boy. Your ballot won't be counted. It's probably okay. Among other things we're going to talk about coming up. Armstrong and Getty. So we mentioned this a couple of times today, but there is actually a story um, out of uh, Northern California, Sacramento County, where officials have had to come out and say, please do not take your ballots and uh, rub uh, alcohol on them or, or disinfectant as it ruins the ballot. And we've had a bunch that we can't count. Um, you don't have to worry about the ballot having the coronavirus. You do not need to disinfect it, and disinfecting it is ruining the ballot. So, Oh, boy. This is really just, um, I, I'm not doing this as a public service. I'd rather these people don't hear this. Uh, they're not. I, they're not, because you're, you're listening, <laughs> they're not to, listening to us. You're listening to music. Um, I don't want these morons to vote. 
I am not a we need to do whatever we can to get everybody to vote. I, I'm absolutely not that person. I want this really stupid among us to not vote ever. And these people are complete morons. The only reason what if they're terrified old people who really no longer have their intellectual faculties? You still shouldn't vote. I would agree. I don't. I don't. I would agree. I don't have the level of contempt for you at all. Right. I wouldn't call them morons, but no, no, they no, no, should no. not vote. No, you're not. You're not in a position to make decisions for the rest of our tax money. Yeah. Um, well said. Uh, the only reason I bring it up again is not to help those people. I don't want them helped. I want your ballot to be soggy when you send it in. So it what about counted? What about merely running it through the washing machine on the hot cycle? Hey, that's probably a good idea. Okay. All right. Good idea. Um, Dipping uh, it in alcohol. The reason I bring it up is really only just to show you that those those people exist. Yeah. Well, they probably listen to like CNN, watch CNN all the time, which is stake their entire uh, you know commercial enterprise on terrifying people. And, and, you know, the Democratic Party, the party out of power, always has an interest in making things seem as bad as possible. I'm trying to decide what tone I want here. I'm kind of well, there's, you know, these are outrageous times. And I have a couple more great stories that will outrage you. But you can't be outraged right, exactly. 24-7. It'll make you insane. <sighs> Unfortunately, you know, there's so much of that in the news these days. I mean, it's just, and, and I think it is important to stand up against the outrages as they occur. But, you know, speaking of commercial enterprises, we're, you know, we're here to lift your spirits if we can. But do you know many people that walk around that way in real life? Uh, what way? Outraged? Uh, outraged. No. All day long. No. About no, no, whatever no, no, latest story has happened. It would kill you. You've, you've got to get away from it. You know, seek the embrace of your loved ones, your, your friends, your coworkers, your favorite hobbies. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. My when, hobby is outrage. <laughs> well, I can't help you then. It'll be interesting when uh, Michelangelo gets back from his honeymoon. Because we've had the experience of when you do a vacation and you actually unplug from the news cycle, when you come back, you're like, why am I paying attention to all this again? I mean, what? what uh, none of this actually matters. It'll be gone tomorrow. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. You can miss three, four, five, seven cycles of outrage, and you didn't miss anything. You missed the beginning of the the story, the argument, and then the aftermath, and nothing changed. It didn't make any difference whatsoever that you missed all of that. You're mm-hmm. underestimating the number of good tweets I can send out in that sweet <laughs> spot of the outrage cycle. Get all sorts of likes. All right, here's some news you can use then. <laughs> if you do this for two minutes every two hours, scientists say you'll be much smarter and remember a lot more. Okay. Two minutes every two hours. Pluck out a nose hair. Because the pain stimulates your adrenal system. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe this. Yeah, I'm making that up. Uh, strenuous exercise, two minutes every two hours. How strenuous? Uh, enough to break a sweat, at which point you're all sweating. All, not, all 24 hours a day? i got to set my alarm for 1 a.m. and 3 a.m.? <laughs> no. If you want to be disciplined, yeah. I think they're, uh, pipe down there. I, I think they're talking about during the workday. They say X-ray exercising at uh, moderate intensity for 20 minutes elevates your mood for up to 12 hours. My dad's been a big believer in this his whole life. He grew up in a world where everybody did manual labor all the time, and there was a heck of a lot less anxiety and depression, and he just really think there and there's all uh, kinds of scientific evidence to back that up. I think your dad's absolutely right. Yeah, and it's well, it's pretty obvious, really. Um, God dang it. The beast what, what, what's is your, made to exert itself. What's your dog like when it doesn't get to go for a walk? Um, wow. Wow. The simple truth of dogs. 
That's going to be my quickie uh, talk show host book. Uh, oh, and and all your interviews, you'll be with your cute dog. Oh, yeah. That'll yeah. be my trademark. Which will guarantee I'm getting booked yep. on every yep. morning news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, but as soon as the interview's over, get this this hairy mud away from me. I'll cast it aside. I'll We're talking it. to Joe Getty today, who's written The Simple Truth of Dogs. Oh, there and he is with his dog, Baxter. Hi. Hi. Baxter says hi, too. <laughs> the anchorettes <laughs> giggle with delight. Oh, and my self-help books sell millions, and I get crazy rich. How soon can I get started? <laughs> Exercise increases the production of a protein, Jack, that supports the function, growth, and survival of brain cells. And exercise is one of five daily habits. A 30-year Harvard study show can not only increase your lifespan by 12 to 14 years, but also cut your risk of Alzheimer's in half. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. But they say two minutes of aerobic exercise, that means, you know, that's for me at my age, my, I got to get up to like 125 beats per minute. You do Which deep, means, knee, deep knee bends, right? A lot of deep knee bends. Oh, yeah. Jumping yeah. jacks. Yeah. Well, a lot of uh, the uh, cartwheels, too. I'm big on the <laughs> young girl aerobics, as I call it. Two minutes of aerobic exercise, two hours of higher brain power. That's what you get. Two minutes equals two hours. You do it uh, a few times a day at work, you, you own the place by the close of business. I think it's easy to underestimate how much of a workout just bodyweight squats are. The answer to racism is, racism is not more racism. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett going on right now. Each member of the committee gets to talk for 20 minutes and ask her questions today. Anyway, they're going to take a break here pretty soon, so we'll be able to get some punditry from uh, from a variety of people on how it's gone so far, and we'll do that a little bit later. Boy, these are strange times. Another story we might get to this half hour. There are a bunch of reporters who work for the New York Times who are screaming for less press freedom. For probably the first time in American history. Meanwhile, you have uh, folks calling for more racism, uh, even as they call it anti-racism. And it's against that backdrop that we uh, turn to with great pleasure. A conversation with Ward Connerly for the first time in a long time. Mr. Connerly is a businessman, former University of California regent, founder and chairman of the American Civil Rights Institute. Uh, a national nonprofit in opposition to racial and gender preferences, and the president of Californians for Equal Rights. Uh, Mr. Connolly, how are you, sir? Hey, guys. Good to be with you. I'm okay for an 81-year-old geezer. Uh, well, I tell you what, every day uh, north of the dirt, as they say, right? You're significantly <laughs> younger than several members of the Judiciary Committee that are <laughs> questioning uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, yeah, they'd call you the kid, yeah. Ward. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, by the way, if if you have to tune out or something and, and you want to know why Mr. Connerly is uh, on the show talking about Prop 16 in California against Prop 16, go to noprop16.info. That's noprop16.info. We'll have a link in armstrongandgetty.com. But uh, can you explain to us what is Prop 16 and and uh, why are you so actively uh, campaigning against it? Prop 16, uh, the best way to understand it is to go back to uh, 1996, when the people of my great state of California approved the language that, quote, the state, it's the smallest, uh, shall not discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, 
ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, public education, or public contracting. 37 words, simple, direct, saying that we really want true equality. We want everybody to be treated equally. And that was intended to be a reflection of our founding documents, our Constitution primarily, our Civil Rights Act of 64, and the ethic that has emerged in this country that civil rights means equal rights for everybody. Nobody has a monopoly on that. It was intended to get to, to address this emerging problem of, quote, diversity and affirmative action, practice in the name of uh, doing good, but really doing exactly the opposite of what we as a people believe and want to pursue in, in terms of policy. Well, I'm struck that by the fact that I'm struck by the fact that the wording of Prop 209 was a virtual echo of the uh, the Declaration of Independence and the 1964 Civil Rights Act. I mean, it's indisputably powerful. But go on. Uh, you, well, you're very correct, and it has survived for. 24 years, despite the Latino caucus in the legislature and race advocates trying to overturn it. Well, now there is a supermajority in California controlled by the Democrat Party, controlled by the far, far left, quote, progressives who are really regressing by wanting to go back uh, and to reverse course on this issue of race. They want the people to strike that language that I just shared with you from the California Constitution. And, <clears throat> excuse me, if they get their way, you're going to see, I predict, this, this effort on their part to uh, extend to other states. As zany as we might be in California, what starts here doesn't necessarily stay here. And what I'm trying to do is to defeat this Proposition 16 because it is the very definition, in my view, of racism. Well, give us some examples of Prop 16 passed of things that could and would happen in California. What would happen is that contractors would be required to uh, include preferences for minority-owned businesses or women-owned businesses. We had that prior to the passage of Prop 209, where every contract would be required to include, say, 15 or 20 percent set aside for people on the basis of race, and gender, um, and any other measures that the progressives believe would be necessary to achieve representation. You have to understand that the progressive agenda, and I'm not being pejorative, I just want to tell you what's happening. Progressive agenda operates on the premise that we should be a society 
of representation. Every group, primarily five groups, uh, black, white, Asian, Latino, Native American, every group should have its equal share of the spoils of public dollars. And they believe, and they're acting on their beliefs, that we have to transform American life in order to achieve this representation. Well, and there's enormous opportunity for cronyism, too, because uh, I know enough about the state uh, bid and contract system that, uh, you know, you'll uh, you'll show up. You happen to be the cousin of an assemblyman or a state senator or whatever, and you can show, oh, yeah, look at this. Look on our board of directors. We got a couple of my buddies there, minorities, whatever. And all of a sudden, instead of merit, cost effectiveness, experience, the, yeah. all of a sudden it's a, it's a routed to you on that basis. It's just it really muddies, muddies the waters of responsible governance, in my opinion. And it's and thank you for interrupting because I start you wind me up and I start going. Um, but the, uh, the the basis of their uh, agenda, and they stated in the in the official voter guide in California, is that there is white supremacy, there is systemic racism, and systematic racism, which are different, and that uh, quote. White men have more than their share of wealth and power. I mean, that's the argument that is made in the ballot argument. And that uh, there are too many uh, companies that get all the public contracts that are owned by white men. They believe that Asians have too many seats. They're overrepresented at the university. So they seek to totally erase the current situation to, quote, transform America, which was the rallying cry of Senator Bernie Sanders. So you can't look at Prop 16 in a vacuum here. It's part of an overall agenda that has to be stopped. They have passed a bill requiring ethnic studies for every high school student before graduating. Uh, Ethnic studies would be designed to teach high school kids about the oppression that various underrepresented minorities have received in California. Right. It's not education. It's indoctrination. I'm afraid we're really, really hurting for time at this point. But uh, Ward Connerly, uh, we have the website up. People can find their way to noprop16.info. It's great to talk to you, and we wish you well. Um, Also at the website, I see where PG&E, the infamous biggest uh, electric utility in America, donated a quarter million dollars to restore racial discrimination. While California is burning, they're not controlling wildfires or or fixing their gear with that money. They're donating to racial discrimination. Kaiser, the big health company, $1.5 million to restore racial discrimination preferences, according to NoProp16.info. So, Ward Connerly, we've had on for uh, decades, and um, he's a black gentleman. He would not mention that because he'd say, what the hell difference does that make? Right. It's the power of my ideas, thank you, not the color of my skin. But I remember from his uh, years past when we used to interview him, he believed that affirmative action 
had a role in society years ago that it was necessary that uh, you know black people were just so far behind and uh, in in being a part of society because of actual racism. Mm-hmm. But that time is past; those days are gone, and it's actually doing more harm than good to black America to uh, to not have a level playing field um, than than it is to help. Not to mention the fact that it's just you know more unfairness is not the way to get to fairness, right? Right, and he finds it paternalistic and demeaning, the idea that that black kid's just at whatever college because because of the the preferences, because the quotas, it leads to more racism. It's, it's it's the the honest way, the equality way is slower, and it 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 and it takes grinding effort over decades. But it is the only way. You start pressing on the scale, you start replacing racism with racism to get to know racism. You get racism. Uh, anyway, again, that uh, website is noprop16.info. They're getting outspent zillions to one. You know, and he he uh, mentions systemic racism and systematic racism, and there's a difference, and we've talked about this in the past, and we should more in the future, because people throw these terms around all the time. But the um, is there something in our society that is set up to allow white people to be more successful? Eh, you can make that argument, but it's very difficult for anybody to show concrete examples of how that's happening, and that's very convenient that you can't actually nail that down. Um, well, asking the question you just asked makes you a racist. But this would be actual systemic racism. This would be yes. actually having a mechanism in place to systematically screw over people by race. Yes. So we would go from... For justice! We don't actually have codified systemic racism to having it. Right, right. To try to end it? I'm very confused by that. And Prop 209, which again passed in 1996, is uh, stood up to case after case after case after case. Um, So, anyway. Uh, Good to talk to Ward Connerly again. It's a righteous cause. Oh, we're doing a podcast for Cal Unicornians. We're doing a podcast today where we're going to take a look at all the props. Rock on. I will rock on. Uh, In fact, we'll rock on uh, right after a quick break. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. song and it makes you want to skateboard down the street drinking ocean spray straight out of the bottle it does me i'm going to assume for the sake of the argument that you've seen the tiktok video if you haven't no description of it would make it interesting to you i suppose no anyway, and, and it went viral did more or less it so. went viral and uh then a whole bunch of people have replicated it including mick mick fleetwood who is the uh the drummer in the band that was playing that song right there fleetwood mac uh, and the and the guy on the skateboard that really j- originally did it, he's more or less a homeless dude. Well, he he was doing that because his I guess the battery on his truck died, and he was skateboarding to work at the potato factory. Uh, and decided, potatoes are grown, Sean, not made in a factory. Uh, there's a what's l- a potato factory? Uh, That's where they're processed. Yeah, probably. processed. Right? Or do they make Mister Potatoes there? Uh, could be. Uh, but yeah, so that he was filming that on his way to work from there, and. 
Oh, uh, the, the Cranberry Company, I think, Ocean Spray. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, they bought them a pickup truck. Yep. A brand new one. Yep, yep. Full so of Ocean Spray. You know, it's not only a delicious drink, Jack, but it's great for urinary health. So are we hearing <laughs> from the actual dude here? Is that who we're hearing from here? Uh, I believe he was talking with McFleetwood as well. Okay. Yeah, it's Mick such Fleetwood. a celebration of, of everything. I've heard you talking about it, and it's so joyous and, and fun. I just want to say... Outside of Fleetwood Mac, we owe you. It's such a great story and so needed. It makes people smile. I'm so happy to be part of it. And congratulations on a wild, wild skateboard journey that has led us to talking today. So it's truly my pleasure. Thank you, Mick. Thank you for going out and making your own TikTok. Just everything that you guys did, the band retweeting it and everything, you know what I mean? It's amazing that you would just go out and take the time to do that. You know what I mean? Like I said, I feel blessed and I appreciate you. It's just awesome. So he's been given a lifetime supply of cranberry juice or something like that. He was given that. His the, the potato factory gave him a leave of absence for a couple months to say, see if you can make something with your newfound viral fame. A couple fame. of months, I think a couple of weeks would be plenty long. A couple yeah. of weeks. But if they're giving me a couple months, I'll take it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I think the whole phenomenon is so amazing of everybody's trying to do this every day with something. Or sure. I'm not. But Tell me about it. I was, I've been... Mountain biking to a Journey song while <laughs> sipping Yoo-Hoo. I bungee jumped to a Foreigner song while I was <laughs> Ch- guzzling down some RC ride. Cola. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I was, I was, I was surfing to an ABBA classic while, <laughs> while enjoying a, a delicious uh, ginger ale and nothing, <laughs> nothing. Shoving down Twinkies on my unicycle while oh. I listen to Survivor. Oh, please. And, and you know what Survivor did for me? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nobody retweeted it. I've got three views on that. <laughs> huh? I had the tiger on my unicycle eating Twinkies? You know what's odd about this? And I'm sure there are very, very smart people who analyze the bejesus out of this. They work for Facebook and Google and the rest of it. The The original video is one of the th- reasons it's so charming is it is utterly effortless. It's not trying to be charming. Yeah. It's not trying to be anything. He's just it's singing. hard to imagine why he bothered. Right. Right. Um, well, my, my point was just going to be, um, these things come, they catch on, they get really big. I mean, you prior to the internet being the way it is, you couldn't have gotten this kind of exposure. Oh, my God. It had been impossible. Unless you, you know, got caught with 15 bodies in your crawl space. Right, subsequent to the video. <laughs> you couldn't go from nobody to everybody's seen your face by right. this many people. Right. It was just impossible. Yeah. But now it can happen, and if it catches on, it, like, it explodes, and you make a little money, but then it disappears. I mean, it falls off a cliff. Oh, it's air. Like Wiley Coyote. It, and, I mean, it, and it's gone forever. There's no coming back. There's no nostalgia for it. It's just gone. Nobody will remember it even was part of their lives. You don't think he's going to do a comeback tour in 10 years? <laughs> I mean, it just it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Try to make a little money or find somebody to share a night with you or whatever you can if you have one of these explosions of fame. Because it is going to be short. <laughs> Save your money. Oh, yeah. Don't think your life has changed forever, that you're now a thing. This has really altered my trajectory. <laughs> Look at me. I got a pickup. I got all sorts of ocean spray uh, beverages. It's just things have really caught hold. Stunning how, and when they're gone, they're just so gone. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's he's big. He's worldwide. He's inflated. He is a balloon. And I, I wish this guy nothing sure. but, uh, you know, the best. Uh, yeah. 
but he is a balloon that's been inflated, and we know what happens to balloons. It's not like he has built something. Is that the original one there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. How odd. Then he starts lip syncing. Well, what he has built is a an increased social media footprint, whatever that means or, or is worth. But I've been thinking about this for a while. I think internet content creators are kind of just the modern garage bands. It is not a, a recommended path to success, but some bands, they just hit on something right. and they blow up big yep. and they get one or two hits out of it. And hey, hey that was a good run. But I see that parallels a lot with uh, kind of internet people. I think that's a good. Fame. That's yeah. a good. So, Van Halen was a garage band. So if he has a lot of followers, he could possibly turn that into something. Possibly, yeah. But probably. Or as long as it lasts, yeah. You'd have to have another you'd have to have another act. There has to be a second act. You can't continue to live off the I was the guy in the skateboard with the Fleetwood Mag song. Literally have, coasting on his skateboard. <laughs> right. There would have to be another and I do this. Right. Bungee jump into a foreigner song, for instance. Or I've got this diet plan or something. Oof. Bungee jumping to a foreigner song. It feels like the fr- anybody, <laughs> somebody retweet this, please. Ah. Nope. Nothing. Fell to his death with Lou Graham still echoing in the cannon. <laughs> and there he is, squashed on the ground. Oh, boy. That might get some views. God, if I, when I was in high school, if I'd have seen this sort of thing catch on, I would have spent every moment of my life trying to get one of these to catch on. I just know my personality. Tisk tisk tisk. Oh, Jack. Jack, do your homework. It would have been a sad existence, too.